Hello, and welcome to episode nine of Constructed Comics, a podcast building comic stories and pages one panel at a time. On this episode, we're going to review the new movie, Into the Spider-Verse. Spoilers, if you haven't seen Into the Spider-Verse, you may want to hit the pause button and come back after you've seen the movie. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Noah. Hey there. And this episode is brought to you by our Gumroad site, which is gumroad.com forward slash forever comics. Here you can see a few projects that Noah and I have collaborated on and my first comic, Digital Forever, I did with artist Wilson Gandolfo. All right, with that bit of business done, let's dive into the movie. Noah, lead us off with your first impressions of the movie. Yeah, I didn't. I I had high expectations going in just because I'd seen all the trailers, of course, and was just blown away by the visuals that I was seeing. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, all, it was you know in the comics community all over social media, people were like, "Yeah, this is one of the greatest movies you'll see all year." It's like you know visually inspiring, and um, I don't think it disappointed anywhere in that realm. Um, I definitely loved every aspect of it, and I can't really complain too much about things. My only complaint is that it, it wasn't enough. I, I really needed more. So I'm very happy that they're going to make sequels to it. So that's my first impression. Loved yeah. it, wanted more. Um, if it was my decision, I would have made it like a three-hour long epic. <laughs> and so you could have just it's just a three-hour long animated film where you could just dive into all these characters and drink up the visuals the whole time. But those are my thoughts. Yeah, it definitely um it definitely had tons of good reviews and I don't feel like it had the 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 hype of other other Marvel movies where you get that you get that first trailer maybe about a year out and then you you get that second trailer like 2 months out and it's just sort of like there's like countdowns for uh you know Miss Marvel trailers coming out on Monday Night Football at halftime like there this sort of um this sort of came out um without a lot of lot of fanfare and uh, it's definitely it's definitely um getting a a lot of hype and good reviews so and i'm wondering if that's because the studio you know knew this was going to be a risk to take it on you know since this is so like you know this is such a different style it's not your typical superhero film it's not your typical animated film you know it's um it's cuts a complex story and you know uh Especially I'm wondering if like, you know, since this is written by Chris, uh, this is written by Phil Lord and Chris Miller. Yeah. And like they were just removed from like Solo and stuff like that, you know, Mm -hmm. like that a studio like, you know, Disney didn't want to take a chance on them basically, you know, and uh, but Sony took a chance on their storyline and, you know, not their direction per se, but this has a very, that this has their style written all over it, of course. Um, So yeah, I think this is sort of the underdog of the year that like comes out and as far as superhero movies go and just blows everyone away. Yeah, I uh, I agree. So we're going to try to take this uh we're going to try to take this in a couple of directions um uh, but um we were going to break down break down the story. Um so I'll uh, I'll go over a bit of a uh, overview. Um so uh, bitten by a radioactive spider in the subway. Brooklyn teenager Miles Morales suddenly develops mysterious powers that transforms into the him into the wanted only Spider-Man. When he meets Peter Parker, he soon realizes that there are many others who spare who share the special high-flying talent. 
Miles must now use his newfound skills to battle the evil Kingpin, a hulking madman who could open portals to other universe and pull different versions of Spider-Man into our world. So that's uh, a pretty basic overview of the, 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 the plot of the story. Um, what, do you, what do you think about uh, the, the story in general? You know, it's pretty basic as far as a Spider-Man story goes. You know, it's got the, it's got the, um, you know, the underlying moral message of, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, uh, of course. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's just how you have to do any Spider-Man movie. Just like every Rocky movie has to lose a fight and then come back and train for the last big fight, you know. Um, but at the same time, it's got this great setting with uh, all the multiple, the multiple universes, the multiple Spider-Men. Uh, and also it's got this great message about, you know, um, you know, this sort of uh, this, this, uh, this identity idea, you know, that like, you know, that even that synopsis, it talks about how, you know, he becomes the one and only Spider-Man. And that's something that's repeated throughout the whole movie. It's like every time a Spider-Man's introduced, he starts it out with saying, I am the only Spider-Man, mm-hmm. you know, where I come from. I'm the only Spider-Man. And um, then, you know, also there's this, there's this great underlying message of mentorship and like being a, you know, someone that will come alongside and sort of teach uh, Peter or sorry, not teach Peter, but teach Miles how to use this, these new powers, you know, how to act responsibly with these powers. Um, but at the same time, that even starts out at the beginning, even before he gets the, um, he gets bitten by a radioactive spider because he has this, this gift for um, his academic, like, you know, he's very smart academically. Mm-hmm. He has great power there. Um, and he's just looking for someone to tell him what to do with it. And, you know, his dad wants him to use it, you know, at a great school, but he also, you know, he has his uncle who just sort of, you know, wants him to be more rebellious and sort of do what he wants, you know, and, um, then yeah, with the the spider on top of that, it just sort of heightens the metaphor of just him needing guidance. And um, unlike in a regular Spider-Man movie, Spider-Man has to learn to do it alone. But in this one, he doesn't have to learn to do it alone. Um, so it's uh, yeah, I guess the Uncle Ben dying in this is the ultimate Spider-Man dying, in a way. Yeah, and with uh, with his mentor, he actually gets a. Uh sort of an unwilling mentor at, at first yeah. he's got a, he's got a Peter B Parker yeah. who is, uh, is, uh, not married to Mary Jane, um, not in the best sort of mental state. And, uh, at first he, uh, he, uh, he keeps miles at uh, sort of an arm's distance, um, as he's, as miles is asking him questions and, and, uh, looking for a mentor um, with these new powers that he's got. Yeah. Um, I also thought that it was interesting uh, the way they updated uh, the, the spider, you know, he gets a sort of like a, was it a mechanical or robot controlled spider? We didn't get a lot of information as to that, but yeah, it's, it's, it's an actual spider, but I think it's a call to the ultimate universe, like with the number on it and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, cause that's how the ultimate was, was where it's got the, like, it was basically an experiment to see like, you know, like Norman Osborn was sort of behind the scenes and he like knew that Peter was bitten by the spider and stuff like that. And it was experimental and like, he sort of followed him around. 
And they yeah. even had like the Green Goblin in this one where he's more of like a mutated monster like he is in the Ultimate comics. Yeah. So I'm wondering if it's sort of like that, you know, where like it's just sort of a test subject. It even has like the number on it and everything like that. Um, I love though how they sort of hinted at his powers through the spider though. Like how like the spider like blended into the paint can mm-hmm. um, when, uh, when Miles and um, Aaron Davis are in the subway you know, doing the graffiti. Yeah. Like it's sort of like, I like, I like the tension being built. Um, my wife, Rebecca, who was on the podcast last episode, uh, notoriously hates spiders and anything crawly. <laughs> so that her skin was just crawling the whole time. I would just look over at her reactions and she was just in complete disgust and like completely on edge the whole time during that sequence. So that was very clever. Them drawing that out from when he was going to get bit. And then when he gets bit that he just like flicks it off and like, and like yeah, like it's nothing is is hilarious um you know because it's such a big deal and the amazing spider-man and then in the sam raimi spider-man from uh, 2002 or it's always handled as a big deal when he gets bit yeah um so as we've stated we 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 encounter multiple spider-man or maybe spider persons uh would be a better way to to refer to them um we meet uh at his school, we meet uh, Gwen Stacy. I believe that's yeah. the first. Is that the first Spider-Man that he encounters before? Yeah, and it, it bugs me when people in reviews say they're like, and then he meets Peter B. Parker. And I'm like, no, like he meets Gwen Stacy like way earlier in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the first Spider-Man. He unbeknowingly, unbeknowing, unspouted ever. Well, he doesn't know that it's, it's that she's Spider-Gwen, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Like, so... Yeah, it's 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 pretty great when they introduced her, and I loved uh, I loved how they they played on that humor of like her being like, my name is Gwanda and stuff like that. That's that was hilarious, and um, just because people like they knew people had been seeing the trailers and stuff like that, so they knew, you know, they'd already ruined that it was Gwen Stacy and all that mm-hmm. stuff. So it was just funny to, that it was cartoony and how she was hiding herself and. Um, it's also hilarious at the same time. Miles, when he's meeting her like face to face, like he's seen her, but when he's meeting her face to face, he's going through the transformation. And um, also he basically points out the, you know, what everybody always talks about with Spider-Man, that it's a puberty metaphor mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And he even like brings it up. It's like, I think I'm going through puberty. And uh, I thought that was hilarious. No, it, it was, yeah. it was, it was pretty good. It was a, uh, um, very much in line with the um, original Spider-Man origin, yeah. with a uh, with a modern modern take to it. Yeah, um, definitely. Yeah. So um, I guess maybe we can just cover the the other Spider people that we uh, that we get here. We get uh, Peter B. Parker, who we referenced a little bit before, who's a uh, older sort of uh, broken um, mentally, um, maybe a little bit physically as well. Um, we get, uh, um, we get, uh, the spectacular Spider-Ham, uh, Peter Porker, we get Spider-Man Noir, and we get Penny Parker, who, um, is a sort of a, uh, a mech pilot who is, um, psychically bonded to, uh, a radioactive spider. So, um. Once the team is all together, um, they sort of figure out uh, 
their their mission is to get back to the to the collider that the the kingpin who's the uh the big bad of of this story um so they uh they they do a bit of research to get to this this point but uh they figure out that that's they need to go um and uh take out the collider um i think i forgot to mention that uh the 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 peter parker that uh passes away early on he's got sort of a uh override um override ship um yeah, the goober the, yeah um so Which, i yeah i was I, just saying like oh yeah i really like how they uh brought the wit of like i i thought like the two spider-man like are really interesting the two peter park uh, parkers mm-hmm. um in that sort of like their overlap and then how they're different from each other i wanted to ask you what you thought of this because like it seemed almost like the ultimate Spider-Man that died was almost like a uh, Dan Slott, almost like Spider-Man or like my, like, you know, or even like a Brian Michael Bendis Spider-Man where he's like, he's sort of that perfect balance of like heroic and funny, yeah, you know, and like sort of that like uh, self-actualized Spider-Man, you know, where he's not completely like, you know, he gets hit, of course, he gets knocked down a lot, but then he always gets back up. Um, whereas like, I think... Uh, Jake Johnson. So yeah, it's Chris Pine played the first Spider-Man. So that's my better way of distinction. Chris Pine Spider-Man's more like a yeah, like what I just talked about. Mm-hmm. But then like Jake Johnson Spider-Man, the schlubby Spider-Man, is kind of like um sort of how Chips Darsky writes him, don't you think? Like how he's like like most of the like almost like ninety percent of the time he's just bombing at life, and then like even like when he picked up where like Chip picked up with um hold on like spectacular Spider-Man, he's at like the lowest point in his life where like he has like, you know, no girlfriend, uh, you know, his uh, like, you know, um, like he's like rooming with the, the human torch, but like he can't pay rent or anything mm-hmm. like that. And um, he's like, he's basically just down on his luck completely. Um, no, that's, that's, yeah. those are very good uh, comparisons. Um, I, uh, yeah, I think, uh, I think those, those relate uh, pretty well. Um, yeah. Now, I think one thing that was was very cool was uh, again these are one. This is one of these stories where we get a we get a bad guy. Um, yeah. We can almost see his motives and um, kind, maybe not agree with them, but maybe maybe understand um, understand uh, why he's doing it. He's doing this to um, be reunited with Vanessa and his son, um, even though they might not be uh, exactly the the same same ones. He's he's looking to get ones as close as possible. So I think that's another great aspect of this is that we're getting a villain who, um, um, like, I, like I said, we we don't completely agree with him, but we can understand um, sort of his his uh, his motives or his point of view. Um, what do you, so? What do you think there? Yeah, I thought that was great. And, you know, I think um, especially with the resurgence of like Daredevil probably being the most popular Netflix, Marvel Netflix show, you know? Yeah. So you have the people like, you know, the audiences who, you know, I know people who watch Daredevil who don't care anything about comics or anything Mm -hmm. like that. So they know like those people who like, you know, would know about Wilson Fisk, but also, you know, you get it from the beginning. He's a bad dude with how he's designed, everything like that. Yeah. And uh, we could talk about how he's designed when we get to the visual part. But, you know, you get like you get that he's a bad guy, but that's always the cool thing about 
Wilson Fisk is that he's probably one of the more empathetic villains in the Marvel universe. And they really did him justice as being, you know, someone who has these evil motivations, but at the same time that like uh, in those evil motivations, there's just like emotional undertone of why he's doing everything that he does. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's sort of been established now in pop culture because of Daredevil, the current of the TV show. But so that them doing that in this movie also is pretty great. Um, I also loved, you know, the, the big thing in the TV show, like this movie is that he doesn't want to, um, one of his weaknesses is scaring people and, you know, not feeling like a monster, you know? And mm-hmm. uh, even though like he is very monstrous and all that, like in the most recent Daredevil TV show, no spoilers, I hope, but he's very afraid of letting Vanessa know that he's like a brutal dude and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And he doesn't want her involved in that because he doesn't want to see that her to see that dark side. And yeah. in the movie, it's very similar too, where it's like, he basically like, you know, he doesn't want them seeing uh, him as like a, like, like the brutal person that he is. And when they do, you know, their reaction to it is the exact reason why, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, I love the ending where like him and Miles are having the fight in the collider and they're, and, his, and Vanessa and his son are like phasing in and out of that. Yeah. But every gl- every glimpse that he sees of them is them being afraid, which just makes him even angrier and more afraid himself. So, yeah, I like that. They really understood what Kingpin is and what motivates him and that, um, you know, you would believe that this guy would destroy the whole city if just to bring back his wife and his son. Yeah. Um, yeah, by opening up the collider. Yeah. So it's probably no shock that... Uh they they succeed in the end uh yeah and we get uh we get the various um we get the various spider-men um spider people um able to go back to their 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 universes um there was a little bit of a back and forth between who was going to be the one that stayed if it was going to be miles or if it was going to be peter b parker um but uh peter b parker is able to um go back miles is able to to save the day um and uh he has he has a couple moments with his with his father um we we didn't we didn't touch on the point that uh miles uncle who he looked up to is um yeah kind of fits that uncle ben um moment for him even though it's a little later in his story um it helps it helps move him um further along on his uh on his path and be a little bit more determined where with peter yeah go ahead oh no i'm sorry i was just gonna say you're gonna probably what you're about to say so that like you know we're looking at the hero's journey and the call to adventure in any spider-man story Mm -hmm. is when uncle ben dies yeah you know like that's when the real hero's journey starts Mm -hmm. and in this one it sort of starts when peter um in the ultimate universe you know, Chris Pine, Peter Parker dies. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, it's interesting that they, they take that, the real Uncle Ben, you know, the, this, the next start of the next hero's journey, or maybe even Miles Morales as the actualized Peter Parker. Yeah. You know, sort of like the, the Neo moment, you know, in, in the Matrix, right? Where he realizes that, you know, he's got to go save Morpheus. You know, it's sort of, it's like that when, um, when his uncle, uh, Aaron Davis, the prowler dies. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. I really like that. I loved it. It was a great uh, emotional moment. And um, I like the tension built between the, the two brothers in that mm-hmm. also with uh, Miles's dad and Aaron. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the, I like the speech that Miles's dad gives out, gives to Miles through the door at the end where he talks about how, um, like he doesn't want to fall out of communication because that's mm-hmm. how he loses, lost his brother. And um, again, that's sort of playing into that mentorship, the the theme throughout the movie that, you know, it's not so much that his dad wants to guide him on anything, but maybe just, you know, talk to him and be a part of his life in some way, you know, so that maybe he can save him, you know. Um, I like that part. Yeah, I I, I agree. It was a, it was a, it was a very good um, way to um, as they were tidying up all the the story points to 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 close out the help close out that relationship and um, repair Miles and his dad's relationship. Um, we had talked about the the three act structure of of this yeah. story. So, um, do you want to to break it down? How you you see this this movie being broken into to the to the three act structure? Yeah, I'd say first act you know starts at the beginning, of course, and then ends when Peter Parker, uh, Chris Pine, Peter Parker dies, and the collider's open. Actually, mm-hmm. maybe act one actually probably ends when. Peter B. Parker comes up to him in the cemetery and he realizes that it's Peter Parker, you know, and uh, basically Miles thinks he's alone, but he's not actually alone in the real hero's journey to figure out what's going on with these multiple Spider-Men is. Yeah. So um, there's a, there's a part of the, the hero's journey diagram where it's known um, and and the unknown. So you're, you're, I agree with you there. So he's, he's, um, he's just sort of crossed over. Like he's, he's been under the impression that he's the, he's with the death of that first Spider-Man. He's, he's the only Spider-Man here. He's the only one with knowledge of the collider. Um, Only one with knowledge that the Kingpin is, is doing all of these things. But um, when he meets Peter B. Parker, he, he goes and he crosses that path um, to the unknown. They need to, it's unknown how they're going to figure this out. It's unknown. Um, you know, if he's, if Peter B. Parker is going to be able to get back um, and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. So a part of that stakes, I'm sorry, keep going. No, 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 please. You go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say the stakes for Peter B. Parker are kind of low. Yeah. And that's sort of established. And that's not something where you don't sympathize with him, but you understand his motivation and trying to, he almost wants to sacrifice his life because he knows he has nothing to go back to. Yeah. And he doesn't want to face the responsibility of trying to rebuild his life when he gets back. Um, I really like that idea of, uh, of having a character like that where, you know, he doesn't have a Mary Jane basically because of, and you know, Aunt May is dead and, um, you know, he's, he's sort of out of shape and sort of lost his love of being Spider-Man. Um, but like sort of this this moment where he gets to sacrifice himself for the greater good is almost like suicide for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that aspect of it. And him overcoming that is pretty great as well. Yeah, so again, going back to the hero's journey, and I know that we're still sort of incorporating the, the three-act structure here. Yeah, um, yeah. 
there's a there's a part um, of the hero's journey um, after the threshold into the unknown with helpers and mentors. So I think Peter Parker, Peter B. Parker, certainly fits into that mentor role. Um, as we said, a little bit um, a little bit unwilling at first, um, but then comes around. Um, and then the helpers. He certainly uh, Gwen is going to to fit that role. Um, and, um, when he gets to May's house, um, that's when he gets even more help. He's going to get Spider-Ham, he's going to get Spider-Man Noir, he's going to get Penny Parker. Um, so sort of halfway through the hero's journey, there's, um, there's a section called the abyss, death and rebirth. Um, so I think there's a couple of things there uh, that one that we've already touched on. There's the death of his uncle um, and uh, the abyss is uh, sort of the, uh, the lack of faith that the other Spider-Men have in him and his being able to one call upon his abilities, um, handle his abilities. So they sort of tell him that they are, they're going on the mission. They're going to the collider they're going to put the, the, the goober in the, in, in the, in the circuit board and, and he's staying behind. Um, so would you agree that that's sort of the combination of the death of his uncle and the, the other Spider-Man not having faith in him? That's sort of his, his low point. Yeah. And that's the, that's the end of the second act where it's, you know, they're okay. writing a story. That's where most of the action happens. Yeah. You know, where most of everything happens. And in this movie, that's exactly how it happens too. You know, we get all the exposition dump. We get not, We get introduced to new foes with like, um, what did you think of um, Dr. Octopus in this movie? Um, I liked it. Um, the, I, I, it was an interesting choice to have her be a woman. Um, yeah. And then you actually got to have that, that funny moment where uh, they break into the lab and yeah. uh, uh, Peter P. Parker makes the assumption that the man is the uh is the head scientist and and Miles exactly. says, no it's that's the lady on the bike we saw it on the we saw it on the film and he's like oh i have to leave my preconceived notions behind or something yeah. back so that 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 was that was good uh, yeah I, I enjoyed that um also yeah it played on our all of our preconceived notions of who dr octopus is so yeah when she said i'm um, what is it? i'm not octavia uh, uh, dr octavia no, was it Olivia Octavius or something th- like that? I can't I remember. I think so. Yeah. And uh, and uh, <laughs> and like Peter B. Parker's reaction to that being like, like how all the audience was probably like, oh, that kind yeah. of thing. And uh, um, the real threat of her come becomes uh, I I say fully realized a lot, but it is actually that it's fully realized the threat of that character. And uh, I liked. Uh, I can't wait to watch it again and sort of look for some subtle nods. As mm-hmm. to who she really is, like maybe if at the beginning when they're watching the video in the classroom, maybe there's a nod in the background that she's Dr. Octopus. Um, so I'm excited to watch it again. Maybe there'll be some hints at her being in there. And uh, yeah, I loved uh, I loved her design with the, the inflatable arms. Mm-hmm. And then like there are like circuits and there's like wires inside of it. Um, I love that. Yeah, um, I agree. Was, she was really threatening, and um, they did a good job of making her and uh, Prowler and even Green Goblin from what little he's in there, and mm-hmm. Scorpion and Tombstone, all those characters, they did a good job of making them really 
like cool bad guys and like you can feel that they're threatening at times too yeah yeah so um we've covered half the the hero's journey and we, we we've discussed uh act two um the next part of the hero's journey is uh the transformation um i think we we get we get all, we get most of that with um miles um being able to uh get a handle on on his powers he he sort yeah. of get, he's sort of forced into getting a handle on uh his 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 uh, ability to call up his 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 uh invisibility um and uh his his ability to to shock people because uh, before he had no control on on it um and he goes back to to visit may and uh he he uh i i think i, I assume he transforms one of the 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 spider-man suit that's 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 in in the the the, the shed bunker um so yeah. you know we have the transformation where he has the he has the control of those those abilities that the other spider-man don't have and he's gone from sort of a makeshift um you know store-bought spider-man costume to um a legit um sleek looking um spider-man suit like the like the others would have so i i think that's a lot of the the transformation um uh, i'll say the atonement happens at the same time you know um emotionally him atoning for uh well i guess the atonement um atoning for maybe feeling like he could have done something more you know, with his uncle or, you know, um, or done something more to help the other Spider-Men. Yeah. No, that's it. I agree. It's, it's a, it's, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a combination of, or, or they, they, they bleed into each other a little bit. Yeah. Um, I like stories where they do multiple things at once. And this movie definitely does that throughout. Yeah. You know? And um, it plays upon some complex emotions in a good way. Mm-hmm. so yeah you got that transformation which is very cathartic you know you're like finally you know you want to see him get his spider suit you know you want to see him go out there ready to kick kingpin's butt mm-hmm. and um but you also want to see him not feel responsible not have the the grief of you know his uncle's choices which led him to that place wear mm-hmm. him down and you know not well you know not have to worry about his dad being ashamed of him and all that jazz yeah yeah, I like that part a lot. Yeah. Um so uh the the last bit is uh um after the atonement is is the return and I think we get we get multiple um returns here. Um you know with the the uh the 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 people to uh be able to um return to their various universes um uh spider-man noir uh spider-ham uh penny parker uh who loses her mech but is still able to uh is still able to return um yeah uh and 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 then he uh gwen goes and then peter b parker goes um leaving leaving miles um on his own um his dad has entered 
sort of dangerously close to to the action um but uh uh, so I think that's, we, we get multiple returns there and we get, uh, after everybody's gone, we, we have miles in this world as the only Spider-Man that, that we know of left. Yeah. So, um, what are your thoughts on how they, they tied everything up? I really like, um, again, sort of, you know, there's this, there's this mentor, you know, message throughout the whole story mm-hmm. and, um, Peter's yeah, Miles is about to be killed in the exact same way that Peter was killed at the beginning. And um, the difference being is that, you know, I think Miles may have said something like, yeah, I'm Spider-Man, like, you know, just whisper or something like that, you know, or doesn't say enough or doesn't do enough to help, you know, give Spider-Man the push or maybe Spider-Man's, you know, at the beginning, he knows what he's doing. He sacrificed himself so that Miles can live. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's, you know, it's his dad being the mentor in the end that he needed, you know, um, to, you know, to give him the push to get back up and to realize, okay, now I know why I'm fighting, you know, now I know, I, I know, I, now I know why I need to get up and defeat Kingpin, you know, shut down the collider and all that. You know? I like that. Uh, I've said that a lot. I love this movie. I really love the storyline. I love how they bring it full circle. So in the end, uh spider-man's not alone you know miles isn't alone at the end he's not he's not without people who will love him and encourage him on this journey Mm -hmm. and uh those people in turn will be his motivation for saving the city so it's uh it's a great it's a great well-structured story on how they bring it back and uh, i love i love the fight at the end it's just so great so cartoony i love how all the different spider-men fight i love how uh you know, Spider-Man Noir is the brawler. Like mm-hmm. him and uh, Tombstone are going like, uh, like just doing fisticuffs. And then uh, Penny Parker, she's all anime. And um, Spider-Ham fights like a Looney Tunes character. Yeah, with, with the big the, hammer. And the anvil. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it, was, it was so entertaining. Okay. Well, I think we've, we've done a pretty decent job of breaking down the story. Um, and we have, we have a few, we have a few moments here to, um, sort of discuss, uh, the art, uh, what your thoughts on, uh, the art, the style and just general, um, decision-making that the, that the artist would have made here. Yeah. I love the screen tones. Um, you know, that's sort of what separates it. I think that's what makes it an animated film more than anything, you know, is that mm-hmm. it has that, it's got that great screen tone feel that you would get from maybe like an older comic in the 60s or, you know, when everything was printed on newsprint, so all the colors are vibrant. And uh, it's great to see all that, like that texture to animation, you know, um, yeah. where like, you know, but then everything that times I was like really appreciated some of the skin tones looked like how you would, you know, how, how you would explain to me, like, how you color, like, using, like, the gradient, mm-hmm. you know, the gradient tool and stuff like that, and, like, some of the highlights on their faces. It looks like it's digitally painted, like, in a comic, and um, I loved how, like, they would use the expression lines on their faces, like, in the creases in their foreheads, and just doing little lines like that. Yeah. Um, I love that stuff, but I also love just sort of the the graphics of it all, like, you know, the the text boxes, the how they did the spider sense lines around everybody's heads all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I, again, I love spider ham, loved his visual gags. Probably my favorite line in the movie is when they're, they're talking to him and they're like, 
can you do this? Can you do that? And Spider-Ham says, uh, can you float through the air when you're smelling a pie? <laughs> and uh, that's that part I laughed the hardest at just because I love, <laughs> love that kind of humor where it's just, yeah, it's, uh, and, but also he's, he's floating through the air like a cartoon character. Mm -hmm. It's like you, you see the scent lines going through. It's, it's just, I've never seen so many styles of animation blended so seamlessly in three dimensions, basically. It's, yeah, it's just, it was beautiful. I can't wait to watch it again uh, just for its visuals, but also for its story. It's, it's a good, it's a good movie. I, I think there's something in it for everybody visually and story-wise. Um, definitely there was something for every bit of my sensibilities artistically and inspiring, you know, just everything I love. I love the kinetic aspects of it. I love the static aspects of it. It's just, it's just a beautifully crafted film. Yeah. What about um, you? No, I, 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 I enjoyed it a lot. Um, uh, I thought it did a perfect job of combining, um, the look of a comic book with a uh, computer animated um, uh, cartoon. Um, yeah. it, was, it had a little bit of like that cell shaded animation look to it. Yeah. But it also, um, it also looked very much, it also looked very much like a comic book. Um, the designs were, were straight from, from the comic books. Um, uh, the environments uh, seemed real and, and, you know, when they were underground, it was dark. When they were, when they, when they were in the, you know, swinging around the cities, it was bright. It was vast, um, wide open. I, I thought it, it looked, it looked really great as far as as all of that. Um, uh, I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I thought the the team of animators did did an excellent job. Yeah, whoever the art director was on this movie knew where it was at. Um, yeah, it's just a beautiful movie. Um, what I liked the most, and it was shared to me by my friend Maria, is that with this movie, they invented a new type of blending mm -hmm. so that, like, you know, there were those certain scenes where it looked like the colors were off, almost like it was, like, a 3D effect. Yeah. And that was to replicate how in the, like, 60s and stuff, like, how, like, colors wouldn't match up sometimes and, like, printing errors and stuff. So you see that in a lot of old comic books. So that was okay. used... I loved how they used that to the effect of how where you drew your focus in the scenes. Mm -hmm. You know, like if it was a close-up on Miles's face, everything in the background would be sort of out of focus, but it be, wouldn't be out of focus per se. It would be like the colors would be misaligned with the lines of the background. Um, I love that. That was probably something I, going in, that was one of the few things I knew about the animation, and I really noticed it, and I really loved it. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I think we're gonna, we're gonna bring this, uh, tie, I'll, I'll tie all of the, this up with the conclusions. Um, but we had one thing that we had discussed was sort of, uh, one nod to comic books was the Kingpin design. Oh uh, yeah. Which we think is borrows a lot from, uh, the Bill Sienkiewicz, uh, design where he's, uh, he's got huge bulking, uh, shoulders that are, so much higher and so much bigger than, than his, than his head. Um, so I think, I think that was cool. It would be nice to see if there was, uh, somebody on the art team that, uh, that knew that and, and brought that, that design element to it. Um, it was very much not the, um, Vincent D'Onofrio, um, no. one, this one was, was big and, and could throw, could throw his weight around in, in a fight. So, 
Um, how He's about more than the, a match for Spider Man? Yeah, yeah, this yeah. this guy. Yeah. yeah. So we uh, we have a couple of we the couple of last uh, last thoughts. I mean, I think we're both in agreement with pretty much all the internet that it was that it was a great movie. Um, we're looking forward to to seeing more. Um, so uh, do you have anything to to add before we bring it to an end? Yeah, nothing really much outside of just, you know, want to see more of it. That's all. Yeah, I I believe with the success of this, there's 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 going to be more. Um, We did get a uh, we did get a uh, post credit scene where they. Yeah, I love that. uh, Spider-Man 2099. And so uh, probably in the next movie, he'll be added as a as a character character there. Yeah. One question for you, just really quick. Would you like to see another Spider-Verse movie or would you like to see like another Miles Morales solo Spider-Man animated film? Um, you know, I would really like if they're going to do another one, and I think they kind of hint at it. Um, if, if they're going to bring another one in or they're going to bring another character back, I, I want to see more of the uh, Gwen-Miles um, interaction, uh, uh, you yeah. know, a them teaming up um on a on a mission and maybe somehow running into to other spider-man would would be cool but i think they definitely need to keep the the gwen and and miles um dynamic together i think so too i think that's that's sort of how i feel about it um i'd like to see more more spider-man come into it um like 2099 or the tokyo uh, the, the Japanese Spider-Man, like live action Spider-Man from the seventies or something <laughs> like that, uh, brought in. Um, I'd love to see that, or even like, uh, Ben Riley or, or something like that, you know? Oh yeah. Uh, I'd love to see those kinds of Spider-Man brought in. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think, uh, with that, we're gonna, we're gonna bring it to, to an end. Um, this was our discussion of into the Spider-Verse. Um, we hope you enjoyed it and we will be back. Uh, very soon with uh, with a new episode of Constructing Comics. Uh, thank you so much. Yep, thanks. Bye.